0: Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey everyone, today I'm joined with Monty J. She is an author of contemporary romance. She works with past life regression, tarot readings. She also knows a crap ton about the horoscope. And girl, I'm so happy to have you on my show. She goes by MJ and welcome to the show, MJ.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I am a little nervous, but I'm
0: super excited. You should not be nervous. I'm the one that took three times to get this part right. So whatever.
1: <laughs> no, three times the charm. Three times the charm. we got to make it perfect. That's right.
0: You and I met through Jen Sterling. She is also an yes. author. Yes, she's also an author friend of ours. And she knew that you and I write books. We have the same interests. You love And you love past life regression things. You're into all that. I am into all that. Also, guess who my favorite author is?
1: Oh, no. Don't do me like this. Oh, Uh, no. Is it Stephen King? It is Stephen King, baby. No. Oh, my God. It was destined. It was destined. I know. Oh, my God. Yes.
0: You see, MJ, she's been listening to my earlier episodes. I guess she's been kind of going through the earlier ones before she gets to the newer ones. So she hasn't gotten to the part where she hears that I and she's I've said it on many of my podcasts. That Stephen King is my favorite author of all time, and he is. I read every book of his when I was in high school, still read all of his books, loved his book on writing. I love how he describes and how he, oh, it's just, I could go on and on about him, but this is not about him.
1: (laughs) I (laughs) am obsessed. I tell people all the time that I want to write romance the way that he writes horror. Yeah, And so, he is, like, who I aspire to be in life. I love him. I have a tattoo, not of his face, but, like, of something of his. And, um, yeah, I I literally have... Oh, yeah. (laughs) I have so many of his books. It's insane. And people make fun of me all the time because I actually have... It's in my parents' house in a storage container, but... I actually have. So he originally posted, uh, like when he was in college, he wrote articles, like short stories, for Playboy. And I literally have those Playboy magazines. Are you serious? And they're serious? in my.
0: You are. I hilarious. swear. You know what? I that's something I didn't really even know about him.
1: Yep. Word processor of the gods is in <laughs> like a, an edition of Playboy somewhere, and wow. I have like two of them. I'm not even. No shame.
0: No, and, and you shouldn't be because you know what? It's okay. It's Stephen King. He's our favorite, and he deserves all the praise. So, but it's not about him. It's about you, MJ. Is Monty J your real name, or is that a pen name? It's a pen name.
1: It's a pen name. That okay. is not my real name. Okay, but.
0: okay. Gotcha. No big deal, and I may or may not keep that in. I don't know. Um, so... <laughs> So we've already established how much we have in common, plus you have a podcast called Bookshelf Boyfriends Podcast, and by the way, I just left you a review and a rating, just so you'd have it, because it's fairly new, so uh, you have got your first review. Well, it's great, and let me tell you why. You deep dive with these authors, uh, Jen Sterling being one, several others, and I didn't write their names down, but they're all incredible, wonderful writers, and... You guys go in deep. You ask great questions. Um, questions that I honestly would never have thought of to ask. And it's a great organic conversation. And that's what my podcast is all about. And I love that part. And it's so much fun. You might hear a dog in the background. I don't care. It's okay. Because that's just the way it is. I even said that on the uh, on the review because I was like, you might hear some background noise. It's okay. Still fun. Go give it a listen.
1: So Yeah. I mean... We just wanted to kind of make a place where, well, there wasn't like a podcast where I felt like indie authors were highlighted. And I feel like they should be. So we just, me and my podcast host, my podcast partner, Stevie, who's a blogger, we really just wanted to come together and make a place for just romance readers to be able to find out more information about their favorite authors, because I felt like there wasn't enough of that. And I know that there's like so many people in this community that want to know more about these authors, and we wanted to do that. So that's what we do. It's just super organic. And we just ask fun questions
0: about boyfriends that are fictional. And you know what, we all want that. Everybody wants to talk about boys or girls, whichever your preference is. We're okay. No judgment. Well, you know, it's funny, because I was reading your Amazon author page, and it says, Monty J describes herself as a punk rock kid with the soul of a gypsy who has a Red Bull obsession. That is hilarious. (laughs) Yes, but I felt like that was the
1: most. I felt like that was the most me sentence in the entire world. So I was like, I have to. That is just me. Like that's what when I when you read that, it's like all you need to know about me. Yeah, I,
0: mean, I like punk rock. Yeah, you literally released a book like five days ago. Uh, your most recent one called Courage for Fools. Tell me about this most recent book.
1: Uh, yeah, so Courage for Fools is a uh, rock star romance meets road trip across Route 66. Oh, and nice. honestly, I really just kind of structured this novel to almost have like a coming-of-age deal. When you read it, I want you to get that John Greeny kind of vibe from it, oh, nice. and that's the whole point of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, this is like a super amazing journey for me. It's just basically about a girl who, her name is Quinn, and she's trying to figure out her life and figure out who she is she's 22 and she's never been out of her small town and she's trying to figure out who she is and then there's brett kennedy who's a musician and you'd think he has like everything he could ever want but he's like not in touch with his music anymore and he just feels lost and you put them in a car together for 14 days across the continental u.s and magic happens nice
0: See, that sounds like fun and not the typical everyday story. Um, you hear about the rock stars and you hear about, you know, the roadies and stuff. But this kind of gives it a different twist. And I like that. That's That sounds fun for me. So how many books now? Is this your fifth or sixth book? This is my fifth book.
1: Nice. Um, the. First four was in a series. It was like a hockey romance series. So this was the first standalone that I ever did. So yeah, this is a standalone.
0: Oh yeah, because yeah, I wrote uh, my first standalone, then I wrote a series, then I went back to a standalone and then my most recent one. So
1: listen, I mean, whatever works. I mean, we do, I mean, authors, we do crazy things and we, people just got to go with flow. That's just what I have learned to do and i know know that you write
0: books well and the thing is and and you and i were talking earlier before i started recording and we were talking about um i heard you on one of your episodes on your podcast saying you love scrivener and by the way i do have scrivener but let me tell you i don't use it you know why it's too damn confusing and guess what no i can't do it i tried nope wasn't for me let me, If you would let me show you, if you would let me show you the magic that can
1: happen once you get it under control, I promise you would love it. Girl, you
0: know what I'd rather have you teach me? How to do TikTok, okay? I don't know how to do all the little words. <laughs> I love TikTok. I'm obsessed. Oh, I'm obsessed my God. with TikTok. And when you start listening to my podcast on the later issues... <laughs> You're going to hear me talk all about TikTok. I've had so many. I've, I've had so many people from TikTok on my podcast. It's really embarrassing, but it's actually pretty cool. And I don't care if you don't like it. So um, <laughs> anyway, but no. Let, let me ask you this: What started you writing? What made you think, you know, what I'm going to give this a shot? Is it something you've always wanted to do? Is it something you always did? You know, when you were younger? Tell me all about that.
1: So uh, I would say. I wouldn't say I had a great childhood growing up, and I feel like people who have, you know, rougher childhoods have to find outlets, and I feel like it's more often than not something artistic. And so reading was always kind of like a hideaway place for me, and I always dabbled with writing. I just never felt like I had never told anybody about it, so I guess I didn't really have the confidence enough in myself to be like hey you know like I write you know stuff and so growing up I was just like a super avid reader but I always knew that deep down I wanted to do writing and pursue that I actually wanted to get an English degree and work for like an editing company like a publishing company because I knew that I wanted books to be a part of my life and I was a competitive athlete in high school. And my dad, he pushed me to always be the best that I could be in everything that I can do. And so when I graduated high school and I was in college and I was just like, oh, none of this feels fulfilling. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? You know what? I'm just going to write a book. Like I have this amazing idea and I think it could be really good. And I'm just going to write it. And I wrote the book. And I was like, now I want to publish it. So uh, I didn't even know about the indie author community until recently. And then when I figured out I could do this on my own and I could have, like, my own control of, you know, what I publish and what I write, I was like, this is it. And so I just kind of, like, took a deep dive with, like, head first, no swimming floaties at all. And it was just like, if I drowned, I drowned. We're just gonna
0: do it. Well, I tell you what, I went to your author page, and you got some serious good reviews on all of your books. So, girl, congratulations on that! You got a lot of reviews. No, you really do. And but when did you start? What year did you start writing? Uh, last year, actually. I'm actually what? coming up on my first year of publishing. Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm over here grappling about uh, writing three books in a year and a half, and you're like, "Yeah, I've started writing last year, and I just released my fifth book." Okay, I'll stop talking now. Okay,
1: go ahead. <laughs> No, don't, oh my God, that made me, don't make me sound so much cooler than I actually am, I'm not. Um, But yeah, July 23rd is the anniversary of Love and Hockey, which is my debut novel, and I mean, I can't complain about where I'm at, I mean, I want to be, like, better, you know, like, every single day that I wake up, I want to be a better author, but, you know, I can't complain with where I'm at, like, I'm super happy, I think I've had a lot of growth in a year, and yeah, I'm just excited to see where this journey takes me, and
0: this is the dream. I gotta ask you, when are you gonna write a paranormal romance?
1: Oh no. Okay, so (laughs) okay, so this is like this is like top secret that I'm gonna spill a little bit about. Not too much, but I am gonna spill. So I'm not doing a paranormal romance, not anytime soon. I want to, mostly just because I love all of that stuff. It's just it takes a lot of world building and I wanna be able to dedicate that time to that, you know? Right. And and be able to give myself time to do that. And so but the next series that I am writing is Dark Romance. It's not paranormal, but it is dark, so I'm headed in that direction.
0: Okay. Well, see, I like that. Um, I don't know if you've read any Kristen Proby books, but uh, she has a series in her Shadow series. about a It's about a serial killer who has women in his cellar, and it's so dark. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in New Orleans. And it's just, it's so good. And she was never known to be a paranormal romance novelist. She wrote contemporary, but you know, she branched out yeah. and she's fantastic at it. So I, I hope you do decide you want to write something paranormal, because I think that's in your horizon. The way you're talking, I think it is. But let me ask you another thing. Let's sure. let's say you meet Stephen King. Oh, what <laughs> What would you say to him? You know, if you weren't nervous, and you could ask him anything... What would you ask and tell me everything?
1: Oh, my God. That's like the hardest thing. First of all, you said <laughs> if I wasn't nervous. That's the key because I'd probably faint, first of all. I would too. <laughs> so after, after I woke up out of my coma, um, I would, I think the biggest thing that I would ask him is how he gets by on the hard days of being an author before he was popular. Right. Like what made... I feel like the drive of an author and a writer is just the passion for telling stories, right? Right. And so when I, even if I don't publish books and even if I, you know, this doesn't work out for me, I'll write till I die. And I just guess I would ask him like what got him through the days where he felt like he wasn't going to be successful in his author career and like what got him through that. That's and if it was just like the love of writing, the drive of that, if it was like support or like what it was, I think that's what I would ask him. Right, right.
0: Because, you know, some people are obsessed with writing and I get it because there are times when I can't stop writing something when I get on a roll. I can honestly walk away and, and never write again or I can start up again. I, I don't even know what I'm going to be doing, actually. I mean, I, I'd like to keep writing, but I'm loving this podcast thing, too. And you know how that feels. And you're so good at it. Oh, you're phenomenal at you will. this. Thank you. I, I really love it. And um, it doesn't feel like a job. Writing started to become kind of a job because I've been picked up by a couple little publishing houses, nothing huge. But I had deadlines and I had things I had to get done. And, you know, and it was just so much pressure. And then you had to get it to an editor and back and forth twice. And you know, the drill passion
1: becomes a job. It, and that's when it becomes yes. an issue.
0: And don't yeah. get me wrong, I, I can whip out stories in my head, left and right, and I just never had a problem with that. It's just never been an issue for me. It's just the process. People don't realize, you know, it's one thing to write like an autobiography, It's another thing to create an entire world, an entire story, and connect everything together, beginning, middle, end, have everything looped together, have all the characters and all the questions answered. It's not the easiest task, and it takes a long time, and then you have to have people critique it. And I actually have very thick skin because I've had some pretty darn crazy editors who will tell you like it is.
1: Oh yeah,
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, and and, you know they're only making you a better a better writer, so I'm fine with that. That's what I want. I want the bold truth. But yeah, you have to have thick skin too. And regardless, if anyone else in your immediate family or friends or anyone else, your whoever uh, fellow authors love your book, there's going to be people that don't, and you got to deal with that. You know, have you gotten anything like that where you're just like, dang? What what is your feeling on reviews? Yeah.
1: So I think negative reviews. This is my this is my thing. I know that I'm not gonna be able to please everybody. It's never gonna happen. I have learned to find that there will be my readers and those readers will, you know, like my stuff and there's gonna be people that don't. However, I will go and I will look at three star reviews because I just feel like going and reading like the really nasty ones is just bad for my health, like my mental health. So I don't do that. However, I will go read three-star reviews well, because you know, it's because,
0: like, ah. Oh. Well, to me, three stars are still a pretty good book. I mean, I, I think yeah. it is. Yeah, and
1: it's like those are the ones where they're going to give you the most credible feedback because it's like, oh, I was like right there almost with a four-star review. So like what is it about this that is not, you know, selling for you, Right. And so I'll read three stars, review, like, reviews, and I'll look for consistency in those. And if I see anything in those reviews that's, like, a consistent issue, then I know that I can fix or edit that. And if it's just something with the plot or the book or they didn't like it and they weren't vibing with it, and that's fine. That's, you know, their prerogative, whatever. But I try my best to just kind of stay upbeat and positive. I think that this is already a crazy world we live in, and I don't think it needs any more negativity. Yeah. So... <laughs> I try to just, I try to just, I read those for consistency, and then I'll go read oh, a five-star sure. review just to make myself feel a little better. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you
0: know, and I yeah. feel the same because, you know, I've got, I've had a few three, and, and I think even a couple twos, and the reason on one of them was, somebody didn't like how whiny my character was, but she was a teenager, and she was supposed to be whiny. I, now, to me, yeah. if you're going to give me a low rating, do it because it, the writing sucked. Don't do it because you didn't like yeah. a character. People,
1: yeah. Are so hard especially because like females are who we're targeting right for right. like romance mostly right. right females are so harsh on other females especially, i think that's especially where on I've good reads. 90... <laughs> yeah. oh yeah that's where i've gotten 98 of all of my really harsh reviews is towards my female characters and my female characters compared to some other people's female characters are badass right i mean yeah. Yeah. like they're they're tough and so but females are really hard on other females like the guy could be a total like meany but like he fixes one thing and like he's the hero right but if a female does that oh lord oh lord
0: (laughs) they are coming for you I know no and it's true and that's the thing and like you said you can't please everyone I mean even my podcast I can't please everyone and not everybody wants to hear about you know paranormal not everybody wants to hear about books not everybody wants to hear about true crime but you can cherry pick my episodes so thank god I have that because you know what I just figured out 70% of my audience on my podcast is women. 30% are men.
1: I'm telling you, women like the dark and spooky. Yeah. I'm telling you, women are so much more intrigued by the things that go bump in the night than men. Because I can account for this. My husband, Fletcher, that's what I call him. That He actually has a pen name, too. I call him Fletcher. as his middle name. Yeah. But <laughs> he is terrified of scary movies. Okay, really? And I watched them to go to bed.
0: Oh, they, you know yeah. what? Scary movies do nothing to me. I don't even care. I, you know, I mean, I'm such a hard critique of scary movies that I'm like, Netflix, read my books, give me a call. We can work together because, trust me, anything, and hey, I'm not tooting my own horn. It's just the truth. Anything I write yeah. is better than the crap they have on Netflix. <laughs> no, I and, know. and I'm not talking about everything, there are a few gems, but you know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. And yeah. don't get me wrong. Like I will, I love a good indie horror flick. Like I will, yeah. I mean, I don't even care. I will look at the bottom of the barrel. I don't even care because <laughs> I mean, I think, I mean, I'm not even joking. I've just gotten to the point where I feel like I've watched all of them so many times. It's just like, I'm like scraping for scraps here.
0: And that's what I do. And I write first person present tense to where you find out when the character finds out. There's none of this third person, which I love third person, I wrote my first two books in third person. But it's just, I like to write this way more than anything. And I'd like to be not necessarily shock value. But there is a point where Yeah, all of a sudden, I think Jen Sterling even said she writes this way. Oh, didn't realize she was gonna die today. You know, I didn't really, you know, it's that kind of stuff where I'm even surprised because the book almost writes itself. And that's like, when you're really in your cadence and you're really going strong and you're writing that book and you're just writing the crap out of it. And that's when it flows like that, you just let it fly. You don't even question it, you know?
1: And I'm super excited to kind of dive into that dark stuff because I mean, my earlier stuff is more contemporary romance and, the first series is hockey. I like to say that my personality is split into like two clean halves. Like the part of me that loves sports and like the light and the happiness. And if you go read my books in my hockey series, don't read it if you're looking for a rom com because I'm not trying to make you laugh. I'm going to make you cry. Like they're pretty, <laughs> they're pretty angsty sports romance, right? right but you can right. only go so dark with sports romance. So, right. but the other half of me loves the dark and the things that go bump in the night. And I've always been a curious kid. And so I think with this next series, I'm going to be able to explore the randomly killing people like coming up on a point where it's just like, ah, well, they gotta die. Kind of yeah. thing.
0: And so and, But that's to me it's fine because, you know, like I said, I have an idea in my head of how I want it to go. And that's the one reason why, to be honest with you, Scrivener wouldn't work for me. I never go by an outline ever. I have an idea of what they look like and that I obviously keep that consistent, the names, what they look like, where the story I think is gonna go. And then I just write Literally, I wrote, yeah. I wrote Graveyard Watchman on Wattpad by it's, you know, oh, just, I yeah, I, I wrote it on Wattpad. I've got 618,000 views on it. So, yeah, I love
1: Wattpad. Well, Wattpad is my jam. That's where I actually started with reading romance. I love Wattpad. <laughs> and I think that, well, I mean, the thing is, is like you develop these characters into their own people. And so when you start writing them, it's like you outlined it, but you've developed these own people, your own characters. Now they have to tell it. Right, And so it's like you can only outline so far. Like me, when I say that outline, right, on Scribner, I am like the in-between of a panther and a plotter. I will outline my characters so in-depth, like down to the hairs on their head in-depth. And then I will like do a basic outline where like scenes that I know that I for sure want in there. And the rest of it, they fill in the gaps for me because I let them tell their own story because I've created these characters. I did my job. Now I just am their medium
0: honestly, that's a great way to do it. So and I just pants it the whole way. I mean, like I said, there's a little bit of a plot situation. I do know where I want the story to go. But it never quite goes exactly where I wanted to go. And it always happens that way. I don't care what book I'm writing. Even when I was writing with C.D. Hussey, my first two books, I, I co-authored a book with her, two books with her, both were in New Orleans. One, well, one was in New Orleans, the airhouse, and the second one, Bayou Grise, Grise was their last name, their family last name. That's in the swamps of Louisiana. And that one was all about alligators and voodoo. It was so cool. Oh,
1: my God. I love that.
0: <laughs> a little bit of zombie action. It was just so fun. <laughs>
1: I love it. I can't wait for the day that I can play with that. So,
0: but let's talk about what you do with past regression and horoscope stuff and tarot cards. Tell me what got you into that.
1: Okay. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start this off by saying that I am not a professional at this by any means. Okay. However, and I'm not, I wasn't like a gifted child and I never saw like, you know, spirits or predicted plane crashes or anything of that nature when I was growing up. But I grew up in a home where spirituality was loved and cherished so much. Right. My Aunt Lala and my Grams are, oh, they're like my spiritual guys. I love them to death. They, I grew up in a home where sage is always being burned, where there are like crystals in the window wow. and tarot cards are being read on a daily. Okay. Cool. And so yeah. I grew up around that. And I always had the desire to connect with people on levels deeper than just the surface. Right. right. And I've always been super curious about people and that kind of thing and so like why people do what they do and how they get stuck and how they love what they who they love and my while well, I used to joke that I was like a psychic voyeur because I like to see what makes people tick right
0: nice. but honestly
1: the way that I like to describe who I am and like what I do with these tarot and like the horoscope readings is I just really like working with spiritual connections and that's the best way I can explain it to anybody okay and um, yeah
0: So, okay. So that got you involved and you were around it all your life. So before we started recording, MJ had me pull some cards for her. Actually, she told me what to do. Why don't you explain to my listeners what um, you had me do and then maybe we can keep talking about it.
1: Yeah, sure. So basically what I had her do is I asked for spiritual guidance and cleansed my room earlier and, you know, lit my candles and that kind of thing. And then I just kind of asked her, I started shuffling and I ask her to give me, like, um, an order of one, two, three, and that's where I'll cut the cards. And then I'll organize them in a way that she tells me. That way she can connect to the cards. Like, her energy connects with me and to the cards, and I'll be able to interpret them the best way that I can. Right. And then after that, I just tell her to tell me to stop, and I'll stop on a point and cut the cards and then I fold them out so yeah and then I did an eight card pull, and yeah they're laying out in front of me and I'm looking at them and it looks beautiful
0: oh my god yay okay well can you tell me more because <laughs> this is these are my cards guys
1: okay <laughs> I just okay. didn't know I didn't know if I wanted to start you wanted me to start yet okay yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, I like to call these like I uh, like alternative lifetime past lives because I feel like and this is just this is my opinion our souls have circular lives right like an infinity sign that folds over itself over and over and over again okay and there is a place in everybody's energy field called the akashic records and i know that you recently interviewed somebody about that and i listened to it (laughs) i love her that was great but it's like the akashic records is like holding the entire soul's history past present and future in like parallel and through those records we're able to access a moment in a soul's journey, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's just basically, I like to call it like your file cabinet. That's what the Akashic Records are in my head. And so through that, when we do a read, uh, one of your past lives will come up when we do those. So basically, it's an eight card pool. It tells me, each card tells me a different thing. So like card one is your gender, card two is your family, three is your identity and your personality, kind of like your core identity. And from that, I can probably tell you what your zodiac sign was your four and five are like a critical situation it's like that one big thing in that past life that either it could be a death it could be it could be anything a divorce marriage something of that nature just a critical situation that happened in your past life six is the response to that how you dealt with it and then seven is what you learned in your past life and eight is the influence on your current life that your past life is giving you and that could be anything okay so that's just like a prephase of what they all mean. However, yours is really—I really like it. It's very bright, very colorful. It's not very dark. And I will say that you pulled one, two, three, four out of a eight-card uh, spread. You pulled four major Akarna cards, which are kind of like the big ones that people know, like the Moon, the Sun death and the hanged man like those those are like the most known right okay and then the minor corner cards are kind of like supporting values of those cards so they're kind of like your if you think of it as like a deck of cards uh, major corners are like your king your jack and your queen right and then the rest of them are like your one two and three so you pulled four of those out of an eight card reading which i think is just great and i think that's awesome so it means that you had like a very kind of like prominent Uh, who you were was a very prominent person and the pieces of these that are major akarna's are really important to you. So I will say that you are a female, you were a female female back in the day. In your past life, (laughs) Um, you pulled the Empress card. And I think it tells a lot about what your past life was. She is strong. She is grounded. She knows her roots, but she also knows how to grow and grow outward. She's the kind of person that you want to be around. The kind of person that's very nurturing. Anytime you pull a tree or something like that, you're kind of—it's like a nurturing vibe that you get that you're giving to other people. Mm-hmm. You're somebody that radiates good, positive energy. So you're definitely female, and that's the vibe I'm getting from there. And then for your family cards, you pulled the Ten of Swords. Now, sword cards always freak people out because they're kind of like scary looking. But (laughs) the one thing that I, the one thing that I tell people is that what's the one thing that makes humans move, and that's fear, right? So when you're scared, you'll run, and that's what sword cards. Their job is to do is to scare you a little bit so that you'll move, right? right? So I will say for your family, it doesn't look very bright, mostly just because if you can't see this right now, but. It's a card with a butterfly in a cocoon, and there are, like, swords surrounding it. So what that tells me is that your family, whatever dreams that you had or um, aspirations you had, they were very demeaning to that. They didn't allow you to grow. They didn't allow you to become a butterfly like you were supposed to, right? So you grew up in a family that maybe wasn't very supportive of who you were and what you wanted to do in the future. And then for your identity and personality, you pulled the can of cups, So I love this card. This card is super colorful. You can't see it, but it's got like rainbows pouring out of it. So I think what this means for... Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. So for your identity and personality, you're the kind of person where, you know, like when other people's cups are empty and you have that person in your life that's always trying to fill that cup up for you, right? And it doesn't matter how low their cup is. That's who you are. You're constantly radiating this positive energy to other people, no matter how empty your cup is. And that can be, you know, a negative thing for you. And you have to you probably in looking at the future for this, this is definitely something that uh, ran an issue for you. But you were definitely a positive person, somebody that wanted to be around. I'm suggesting that you had lots of friends, and uh, you kind of made your own family, not blood-related, but your own kind of family of friends and selections and that kind of thing. Um, For your four and five, which is your critical situation, and I will say that I think that this is probably either your most recent past life or the one before that, mostly just because I'm not getting any energy that it was, you know, way, way, way back when. So it's probably like your most recent or the one before but for your 4 and 5 in your critical situation, you pulled Judgment, which is a major arcana. And then you pulled the 4 of Swords. Um, and the 4 of four Swords, you can't see it, but it's like these swords that are dangling over this little baby lamb, right? Okay. And so what I'm assuming and what, they're t- what the cards are telling me is, is that that energy that you give and that constant wanting to fill other cups upright, you have been manipulated by somebody that took, uh, took advantage of that. And it really kind of, it hurt you. It kind of put you in a depressive state. Like, this is a card that kind of is the beacon of depression and that kind of thing. And I think that your critical situation was is you very heavily dealt with, like, suicidal tendencies or thoughts and depression because of this. Because you allowed that good energy to be tainted by somebody who took advantage of that. Oh,
0: wow. Um, And
1: that's, yeah, that's what the Four of Swords means is you're you're on the verge of that kind of that mental jail that people put themselves in when you know you're depressed and so that I think is your critical situation and you also pull judgment judgment is all about kind of exactly what it sounds like if you look at the card it's like a white bird rising from the rest of the blackbirds right right and it's kind of like letting go and learning to heal within ourselves right that we cannot blame ourselves for what other people did to us. And I think that that is what a big thing that you might have struggled with in your past life is that you allowed other people to affect you. And then you blamed yourself for how you reacted to that. And we can't do that. We cannot blame ourselves for what others do to our kindness. And so your critical situation was that you had to overcome that. You had to remember that that was the case. And I do not think that you uh, you succeeded in committing suicide. Most of it's just because the next one you pulled is the uh, six of pinnacles. And anytime you pull a pinnacle card it's kind of like they're like represented by the earth. So it's almost like Earthly possessions, and it usually means like a longer life. So I don't think you succeeded in committing or trying, you know, to hurt yourself or anything like that. I do think that you really did struggle with it. However, pulling that means for me means that you found the people that you needed, like you found the the, the ability to let go and kind of grow and to forgive those that hurt you and took advantage of you, while still remaining like that sunshiny, that kind of person that's still giving, and you didn't allow yourself to become jaded like you were. You know later in life and I think this happened this is definitely your critical situation definitely happened in your 20s somewhere in your 20s and I think it took you to your like early 30s that you kind of started to let go of that so I'm assuming that you found the kind of people that you needed to surround you and you got better and you just started to heal and that's great and so this is what I'm saying it's a very beautiful past life a lot of people have very very gruesome past lives so really? this I'm super glad that this wasn't that um <laughs> um so we're really glad it's not that it probably is not what your readers were looking for with the scary however i think this is very good for you and then what you learned in your past life you pulled the full card which is another major Akarna. and the full card is like represented by this little baby bird who's teetering on this branch and what you learned is that you can't do that you can't be like teetering on the branch living in this like limbo state of you know, not knowing, like trusting people and not trusting people. And you kind of just had to learn to trust yourself and that who you were and the kindness that you had inside of yourself and the ability that you had to kind of connect with other people is a good thing. And that, but to also learn to trust your gut when something bad happens. Right. And so right. the fool is the kind of thing where it's like, if you fall off a branch or going to fall, are you going to fly? and you never want to just stay in that limbo state and so you were the fool at one point where you fell off the branch and you fell because you trusted somebody you shouldn't have but that doesn't mean that the next go around that you're not going to fly and it's all about kind of just coming back to that and realizing that bad people are bad people because of them not because of you and then for your influence on your current life and i think this is very fitting for you you pulled the moon card, and the moon is kind of, it's that whimsical, it's that dreamy side of you. And I think what this influence from your current life to your your past life to your current life is, is the ability to uh, you know be kind and that kind of thing, but also that whimsical, dreamy, the ability to create stories in your head, that kind of thing, I think is what was given to you from your past life, was the ability to uh, empathize with other people and to have that place that you could go inside of your head to kind of, you know, to write books or to write things and to read and to find an escape, which is something that I don't think that you had in your past life. And maybe that's why you struggled with depression so badly is because you were trying so desperately to seek a, an outlet. And I think that that's what's what was gifted to you, to your current life, is right. the ability to have an outlet. So, yeah, that's it. That's your, that's your past life progression. And you
0: don't get paid for this.
1: I don't. I do this <laughs> pro bono. Um, mostly just because, I mean, I don't, my aunt Lala does it, uh, professionally and, you know, gets paid and yada, yada. I just kind of, I just love connecting to people. Like I met you through this. So that's like another connection that my soul has made. And, you know, I don't know, I don't do it for money. Mostly just because I love knowing these things about people. I love knowing the fact that you had an amazing, you know, you had a bump in the road in your past life, but you have you know, I had a good past life and that this is the influence that your past life gave you is the ability to have an outlet in the arts, you know, and I think it's amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah,
0: you know, it's so funny because, yeah, when you're talking about just my current life, yeah, I didn't have a family that was all that supportive. Heck, my family wasn't really connected that much at all. We just didn't have... Um. yeah, it, it's just and without going into too many details, just because it's private, and I really don't want to get too much into it. It's just, you know, my, my mother and father divorced when I was 12. And there was a damn good reason for it. And um, then, you know, there was four of us, my brothers went with my father, and my sister and I went with my mom, and we were all separated. And then my mom got married again. And then we got separated. It was just a it was a disaster. <laughs> it just was so and I went, yeah, and I went to four different high schools. But you know, you, you learn how to adapt to different situations and you learn how to keep your mouth shut so people don't think bad of you because I was this you know at the, at the time I was this Dallas girl going to this small little podunk school and um, they all thought I was just whatever and I wasn't that whatever person they thought I was and I ended up you know having some pretty good friends out of it so it was good but yeah you were spot on and I don't know about the past life because I don't remember that I don't remember it. But I <laughs> but you know, that's one thing I got to say, I am not a depressed kind of person. I never have been at least in this life. And um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very, very positive. Yeah, I have my bad days where I want to just, you know, drop kick a couple people. But most of the time, it's just, you know, that
1: was the karma that you got carried over from your past life, you know, not really? being able to have that kind of depressive mental state and trying to be upbeat and positive because that was something that you really struggled with something that i have learned from doing tarot the past life progressions and things like that is that usually the critical situation that you deal with in your past life is something that is totally opposite in your current life and now that doesn't happen with everybody but most of the time when i do a read like that that's what happens is that your critical situation in your past life is the complete opposite of the one you don't have that issue in your current yeah. because it's the karma that carries over.
0: Yeah. Cause that's so different than me now. So obviously that worked mm-hmm. and, and I don't know if you can tell how far back it goes. I know you said that last life of the life before, but do you have like dates at all or any kind of a thought or, or, or places or any, anything like that?
1: Um, let me, I mean, I would say, I, don't, I wouldn't say that I know like a, perspec- like a specific time or date or anything like that, but I would say that you probably grew up on the West Coast, probably like somewhere like Oregon, Washington area, okay. mostly just because like rain is represented a lot in the cars, lots of tall trees, that kind of thing. And I'm getting very earthy vibes because of the pinnacle things that you pulled. So I don't think anywhere warm like the desert. So I would say somewhere like uh, Upper East, west coast right somewhere up in there but i don't know a specific time
0: yeah, because I I know for a fact, and I'll just divulge this. I know for a fact I lived in England. I know I did, and that sounds a lot like England too. <laughs> you know? Oh, definitely
1: could have been that too. Yeah. Very rainy there. Yeah, definitely could have been that too. Yeah, that's amazing. That's yeah. cool. So I, see there. Yeah,
0: I know for. I mean, I just know I did. I mean, and I I don't know how to ex- explain it. And also, and my listeners are probably so sick of me saying this, but I'll tell MJ this. My mom passed away in 2017, and we started getting close again uh, in the years before she died. And I decided, you know, I told her before she died, I said, you know, we got to communicate with each other. There's has got to be a way we can do it. And and I think she even forgot about it, because we didn't say it when she was sick. We were talking about it years and years before either one of us, you know, thought we would die. You know, I said, if I go first, you know, I'll try to contact you, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I'll do the same. I'll be the one going first, blah, 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 you know, the whole thing. Well, I kept thinking, I'm not hearing from her what's going on. And then I thought, you know, I'm just going to talk to her. I'm just going to, la- I'm just going to lay down and just instead of like praying to God or whatever, I'll just start talking to mom. And I thought I was insane. Okay. And I'm like, I'm talking to myself. What am I doing? And yeah. I, but I started saying words like I knew she would say, like, I, you know, I'd say, Hey mom. And I'd, I'd hear, I'd hear, Hey sweetheart. And that was me doing it. Cause I knew it was me at the time, but I thought, well, yeah. then I know she'd say that. And I did it over and over every night, like over and over. Finally, I didn't have to work for the words. Really? Yes. I don't have to work for them anymore. Uh, I know. And I asked her, I said, what is it like up there? And she told me, MJ, she goes, I can't explain it to you. You would not understand it. Not in your 3D body. You don't, you can't understand the concept here. No. And oh, I said, God, I know. And I said, well, mom, I mean, can you like go see Marilyn Monroe or whatever? She goes, well, I guess if I <laughs> wanted to, I could. She goes, but it doesn't work like that here. Nobody's a star, nobody's you know this famous person up here. We're all the same. God loves us all, and if you ever listen to that Mary Helen Hensley episode I did on her near death experience, my mother totally confirmed that with me, and it was just amazing. So. I don't know what you think about that, but, and it's, and it's hard sometimes to talk to her because I've asked her all the questions and now I just, we just like talk I mean, <laughs> and I don't talk to her for very long because it does kind of tire me out. And I don't, like I said, I think everybody has the ability if they just work on it and they really just, and they stop questioning themselves because that's what I was doing. I kept saying, I'm quit. This is stupid. What am I doing? I'm insane. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: the, the ego tries to get in the way of that. The, uh, The prideful ego of a like living human being tries to make uh it's just like if there's like a like if there's like a bump in your house, right? Right. (laughs) Your brain automatically is like it's the wind, right? Right, exactly So you're trying to make real life explanations for things that are happening currently. And a lot of people do that their whole life. But I think the connection with the afterlife and the connection with those that have passed on is all about allowing that kind of earthly explanations to kind of fade and to drop that kind of guard you have against right. them and to allow them in and you would be amazed at the energy that you can unlock with that kind of thing
0: right and like i said also, yeah go ahead i added sorry
1: i added your the number okay so there's a number of each ones that you pull right, right. i added them together um because this is this is what my Aunt Lala does when she's trying to pinpoint a uh, locate like areas or like times that you were in past life right okay so I added them because I really am bad at math, and I was not about to do this in my head <laughs> when you asked me, so I had to do the calculator because um, I'm, yeah, I'm dyslexic, and that would just be terrible. However, I want to say that it was somewhere in, like, either 1766. I think that's, the, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Really?
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. See, that's see, I could write a book or at least teach a class on Henry the eighth alone. So, um, cause I love yeah. history and that's my, that's why Diana Gabaldon is one of my favorite authors from the Outlander series. I loved that. And I read that series before that got popular. I read that entire series before the movie came out before. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, and it had, a, it had a paranormal aspect to it, which I loved, you know, she goes to the stones, the yeah. whole thing, you know, the pastime. but I love that era. Um, even though that's a little bit after the Renaissance when Henry VIII was king. But I love that era. And I have a feeling I was somehow privy to some of the royalty stuff. I don't think I was royalty, but I do think that maybe I was a maid's woman or some kind of... Chambermaid or something. I definitely think that you could have been
1: connected to that. Mostly just because of your personality and who I feel like you are. And you did pull the Empress, so that is a high standing card in the tarot. So oh, okay. you definitely could have been something yeah. like that.
0: Because like I said, I don't think I was royalty, but I do think I knew them or they knew me and they I was allowed kind of close to them whether i was their maid or their assistant you know what i mean something like that
1: i definitely see that That's definitely not out of the realm of this past life i will tell you that
0: that is so cool that you could do this and then i heard you um on another podcast or another episode of your podcast because i got to talk about your podcast too you know you went in on their books but i believe it was Daniela. i think it was her name was Daniela. you um you guessed her zodiac sign how the heck
1: did you do that wow. Okay, so, okay, so my podcast host Stevie thinks that this is just the most amazing party trick in the history of forever, right? <laughs> and, I mean, obviously, and it's just like like Stevie Jesus. However, I mean, obviously, people can be like, oh, well, you probably just looked it up. And it's like, I mean, you can think that I did that or you cannot. I mean, either sure. way. But the way that I explain Zodiac, right, is that people... All the time, you're like, oh, you can't do, like, one thing. Like, you know, you pull up one thing, like, about, like, your son in Leo, and it's going to say all these traits. And, of course, you're going to associate those traits with yourself. And it's like, yes. However, you're actually not made up of just one zodiac. You're made up of multiple. Right. Um, like 12, 13 of them, 14 of them. When you're born, the it's like when you're born, your zodiac is a screenshot of what the sky looked like when you were born. That's the best way I can explain it to people, right? right? Yeah. You're, you have multiple capacities of each one of this zodiac that creates who you are, okay, and affect you. Like if your sun is in this and your yeah. Pluto is in this and your Jupiter's in that. Right. Each of those planets represent a different piece of you. You're you're multiple pieces. So anybody that comes to me and is like, oh, like you know, you can't just be like that. Like, of course you're going to associate with that, whatever. And it's like, yeah, but is somebody going to associate with my sun in Leo, my moon in Virgo, my ascendant sign in you know whatever? Right?
0: Right. No. Well, and that's another thing, too, because you have this free thing where I can just type in my birthday and my name, my birthday, and the time I was born, and yep. you can tell me exactly. I don't even know if you still have that pulled up, and please don't pull it up if you don't want to, but I, I don't know if you remember what my sign was, but... um, Gemini. Yeah. I was in Gemini, yeah. <laughs> I, was in Gemini yeah. <laughs> I absolutely did. I broke down your birth chart just for you. Oh. Tell you a little bit about yourself. Bless your heart. You didn't have to do that, but okay, keep going. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, Susie. So no, like, but yeah, Stevie thinks it's the coolest party trick. So at the beginning of the podcast, she's like, MJ's going to guess your Zodiac at the end of this. And I'm like, oh, my God, the pressure.
0: The pressure. and You it's get like, it I right, get right every 100%. time, though. I think I've missed, like, two on the podcast. Uh, uh, and
1: I've been very upset
0: about it. You have, However, s- you have so many episodes, girl. I, I, I don't even, okay.
1: I have gotten, like, two wrong. And so... Yeah, and I'm not always going to be great at it, but I, I think I do a pretty good job of determining uh, your sun sign, or at least your ascendant sign. Right. Um, so, your sun is in Gemini, okay? Yes. This is, your sun is your core personality. It's the big, bold things about you, right? Okay. And Gemini's are some of my favorite people because you're represented by the twins, so... More often than not, you have to have variety. You're a duality kind of person. You're motivated by healthy curiosity and, like, the constant need to communicate. So these kind of people are characterized by highly sociable and interactive individuals. And I think that's why we got along so well is because you were not afraid to be like, hello, what's up? How right. are you? Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, hi. The yeah. Leo and me is like, hello. <laughs> yeah,
0: let's, let's do this. Let's do this interview. Absolutely.
1: Exactly. And so you're also really ad- – and I love the fact that you said earlier – this is going to prove my point. I love the fact that you said earlier that, you know, you were able to adapt and overcome. Gemini's are like the queens and kings of adaptability, flexibility, and change because they are the twin sign. And, you know, they're determined by multiple variables because they have almost like two halves of them inside, right? Right. And so – The twins embody the principle of that, and so it's born to this sign to be constantly aware of opposing views and divergent opinions and, like, various options in any situation. So if a Gemini is put in a situation where there's an argument, more often than not, you're the devil's advocate you're the one that's like, okay, I hear you out, but we need to listen to this side too, because that's that's your big personality trait. So if I was ever in a fight with somebody, I would definitely want a Gemini on my side (laughs) so that I could see both sides of the picture, right? Right. And that's what you're so good at. Um, And then your ascendant is in Cancer, which I think this is super interesting. So your ascendant sign are the is the sign that shows those first few moments when you meet somebody? Those are your impression. Like the sun is what you get to know after a few layers of getting to know somebody, right? But the ascendant sign is like the immediate hello, how are you? Okay. Okay. And you're usually strong with intuition. Cancers in ascendants are the kind of people where they see somebody and they're like, oh, I get a good vibe from them, or they see somebody and like, oh, I'm not feeling that vibe. That vibe is not for me. Right. And you're very good at that. And I love a good cancer. Cancers are so sweet. And they're also (laughs) sensitive and nice, of course. And I know that people associate cancers like with crying all the time. And I never understood that because let me tell you something right now. cancers are some bad a people like they can, they can like wreck your life. Like, and people are always like cancers just cry all the time. It's like, yeah, they will cry. They'll cry as they punch you in the face. Like cancers are crazy. Like what are you talking about? (laughs) So, I think the biggest thing for your ascendant in cancer is that you're very good intuition of trusting your gut and knowing judging people. Like being like, like you're not the type of person that wouldn't get to know somebody if you got a bad vibe, but nine times out of 10, if you get a bad vibe from somebody, you're right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so
1: true. That's, that's your true. ascendant in cancer. And then your moon is in Pisces. These are my favorite. You are my little dream whimsical people. I Aww. love you. <laughs> it is no wonder that you are literally into like the paranormal and the Halloween and the spooky because that is moon in Pisces period oh, Okay, they right. are the type of one they're creative and imaginative they look at the idealistic portions of life right? right and so it's like your moon is almost they're the shadowy parts of you like the dark side of you right? right the pieces that are kind of come out when you're trying to be a little bit vulnerable right the things that you don't necessarily tell people right off the bat and so you're likely to be kind of, uh, like I said, you're dreamy and whimsical and idealistic, and you like the curiosity of, like, the things that go bump in the night. And you, you kind of, not I don't want to say hide those things about you, but it's kind of like the things that when people get to know you, they're like, oh, my God, I never knew that you were like this. It's like, bro, it's because of the Gemini and sun. You're, you're not seeing it. Oh, but it's like okay. my moon in Pisces is that kind of whimsical, dark, and mysterious kind of person. And they're usually my favorite people to get to know because their brains are just so in depth with like the universe and all of that. And I totally get that with you. I totally get that by wow. from
0: you. Wow, wow, girl, you are so good at this. This is like, this is like textbooks here. I mean, I am just blown away by your ability. I wish you would talk more about this on your podcast too because you're really good at this. Thank you. Oh my god, and I'm impressed because you really cut. Kind of, yeah, you kind of nailed me. You did. Even my past life, yeah. I. Yeah, I mean, I didn't realize I had depression in my past life, but okay, I don't have it now. So obviously, I've overcome that. Thank goodness. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah,
1: thankfully, we have kind of gotten over that. I love
0: that. Yay! Yeah, that I, makes me so happy. But I want you to tell my listeners where they can find your books, um, where they can find your podcast. If you have a Facebook group, I want them to know everything about you because I love... Your vibe too, and I really want to start looking at your books. And I already love your podcast. I already left a review. So tell us how to how to get a hold of you.
1: Absolutely. So I, you can get all my books on Amazon. Uh, if you're part of the Kindle Unlimited thing, they're all on Ku, which means if you pay a set price at the beginning of the month, then you get all of my books free. They're a part of KU, you know, on Amazon. You can also get them on Barnes & Noble. You can find me on Facebook at just Author Monty J. I'm super active on there. And then also on Instagram, just Author.MontyJ. J. I love hearing from my readers. I love hearing from people. So make sure to reach out for me because I will talk to you. I literally could talk to a wall. <laughs> um and so I love communicating with people and then I also have a website and it's just author.montyj.com and you can find me there you can get signed paperbacks for me email me contact me whatever you want to do so that's how you get a hold of me
0: I'll tell you I'll add everything in my show notes because girl I, I have a new best friend guys I'm telling you she's fantastic and I just no yes, uh, I' love and, new friends. and I'm gonna be on her podcast for her Halloween episode I believe um uh, coming up in yes, October please. yes so uh because we got to talk about all the scary stuff so uh, but MJ it's been wonderful and thank you so much for coming on my podcast you've been a delight thank
1: you so much for having me this is super fun I really appreciate it
0: if you like what you heard please leave me a five star review it'll help my podcast out and more people will be able to listen also I am a novelist and write paranormal romance all my books are available on amazon.com so check me out and you can also reach me on Facebook Instagram and Twitter Thank you guys all for your support and I'll talk to you next week.